Hi, listeners. Welcome to Mind Your Mind Speaks, a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts and community leaders to help raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about mental well-being topics. I'm Irene Barton, the Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and it's my privilege to host this series. Today, we are speaking with Cher Randall from The Extension. Before we start with our question, Cher, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, like I said, my name is Cher Randall. I'm the Program Director at The Extension at the Women's Program. Um, I've had the privilege to work for The Extension since 2007 at both the men and women's program. Uh, most recently, the past eight months, I moved back over to work with the women as the program director, and it's been an amazing journey. Um, I am also more, a little more than halfway complete with my master's in mental health counseling. Wow, you've been busy, Cher. Um, I've, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a, at least a couple of years, maybe even longer than that now, and you have never stopped um, getting certifications or your education, have you? That's correct. I, I, you know, it's, I thought about that. We met each other at the collaborative, and I remember I was, at the time, the, the chair for the collaborative, which was kind of... I can't, it was kind of bizarre um, because I had so much on my plate at that time and I was working at the men's program and you came along and I was so happy to turn that over. And now I've watched you in your journey and what you have done since Karen Carter left. And it's been pretty amazing. Uh, well, thank you. It's been um, great, I guess, um, seeing each other uh, work with our organizations to expand capacity to serve the populations, right? Absolutely. We do what we do. We get to serve the homeless community. And I just absolutely love it. Well, great. So um, congratulations on becoming the program director for the Women's Campus. Can you tell us a little bit about how the women come to you and their journey while they are residents at the Extension? Sure. So um, they come to us from all different types of ways. Um, we have clients that literally walk in our door, to the door, off the streets from a tent or from a bus stop, all the way through to the sheriff's department, bringing them here in the van out of jail. So we work with different organizations um, within the community and outside of the community as well to aid these women and men, but particularly here, these women to have the chance at a life of sobriety and out of homelessness. Wow. Um, so I guess it's, uh, and how long do they stay with you typically? I'm sure everybody's story is a little bit different, but what's the, um, if you can characterize the typical journey for yeah. a woman once she arrives at your campus? Okay. So when a client first comes into the program, there's a lot of front end work and self-care that is much needed. So we keep them here on the property for a specific um, amount of time so that they can rest, um, get, um, you know, eat, get nourished, uh, their belonging, get 
new clothing, blankets, and attend groups. They attend um, at least 12 hours of counseling a week per client. But on that front end, they even, they're even in uh, maybe up to 20 hours a week because they're here on the property. After a certain period, they start to look for employment. Once they start working, they still, they're still required to have the 12 hours of counseling. And we have on, on our grid approximately 18 possible hours of counseling that they can pick from, anywhere from life skills, relapse prevention, helping women recover, um, trauma-informed process, um, movie process, just all kinds of different groups that they can pick from. Um, certain groups are mandated per client, um, and then they roll into them, and then they roll out of them, but there are ones that they are allowed to pick, and so clients usually stay with us for nine to 12 months, and the longer, the better. Um, if a client is at eight or nine months and said, you know, you know, they've already met requirements, they have a house or a family to go back to, and we started their reunification um, at that, you know, specifically on certain clients, we might adjust it to that, but the typical time frame is right at a year. Okay. Okay. And from what I understand, the alumni network is a pretty integral part of your service delivery as well, right? I'm sure that's been impacted by COVID, but can you tell us about the alumni network? Yes. Um, you know, the alumni is amazing and is so impactful to the clients. And, you know, during COVID is when I really started to notice how important they are. I knew how important they were to begin with. However, with their absence, because we don't allow people on the property, just um, unless you're employees right now, and we're starting to work, you know, look at different areas to allow um, them to come back and hopefully very, and very soon they will be able to do so. But the alumni group is when a client, when clients transition from the program, they take part in that continuum of care and they stay connected. That's one of the, the big things about staying sober is your connection, your network and the people that are along the ride in the same journey and that you have someone that you can call upon at all times. And then that, the alumni is big. It's um, big between the men and women and they do all kinds of stuff. Not, I mean, when COVID's not going on, they um, sponsor, they serve meals, they come and they take the, um, they go to on field trips, they go to Six Flags, they have late day, Java Jam, all kinds of really fun stuff that's, that women, women and men can do in their sobriety. And this alumni is the first step in learning how to do so. So we are hoping to get the alum, alumni back here very soon. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, that sounds like just an incredible layer of support and the wraparound services that you provide your clients um, and the residents there. So, well, Cher, you're pursuing your um, education in mental health, and we know that mental health falls under the behavioral health umbrella. Um, can you talk about what you see in terms of mental health conditions with the women who, who come to you? Um, 
I'm sure that they have underlying mental health issues that have resulted in addiction. Perhaps that's the way they're coping with them. Can you just talk about all of that with our listeners? Yes. So I, I, I must say first that we are, we're not um, a dual program. So we don't, the, the staff that we have on our, the people that we have on our staff um, are not, we're not certified or we're not licensed to have more than a certain layer of diagnosis. Okay. So we work with um, clients and it, it's really important like on the screening process and on the interviewing process when clients come in and they have layered medications and layered diagnosis, we're probably not the best fit for them. Therefore, we always have a wealth of resources that we can refer them. So anyone that shows up at our door and interviews with us, they are never turned away without some sort of plan. So if we don't are not able to accept them due to mental health that is beyond what we can work with, then we make sure to give them a, a plan and resources and you know, not to just send them out the door with a, with a no. Right. But the clients that we do bring in um, that are um, on medication and they maybe um, have depression and anxiety, uh, we make sure to work with um, calm mental health to make sure that their diagnoses are accurate and the medications are right. Um, we also have our medical director who um, helps out with that as well. Um, looking further down the road, you know, or, or even now, there are a lot of times when clients come in here and they may have been recently diagnosed and they may have recently just been put on a medication. However, at the same time, they were under the influence or recently using. So we just kind of like, we may work with them and look to see if this is not post-acute withdrawal from the drugs or alcohol and work with them and then have them go back and get another mental health diagnosis. Okay. Um, well, but I do want to say that it is really important to to be able to differentiate on working with these clients because this population, mental health and the co-occurring with substance abuse is super important to address. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you um, for the work that you're doing, but it's encouraging, I think, that even if you are not able to accept the folks into your residency program, that um, you're still equipping them with resources that they need that might be more appropriate for them to get into um, where where they need to be. So, absolutely. Um, Cher, what can people do? Um, and when I say people, I'm talking about family members, coworkers, um, people that friends that um, you go to church with, etc. If they see someone who they suspect is battling addiction, or who they know flat out is battling addiction. What's the best thing that they can do to support that person? I mean, do you do a flat out intervention or, um, you know, what, what would be your advice and recommendation? Um, 
I would say that that would be more individually based um, because it's so the addiction, the spectrum is so wide. Um, I would say as a family member, reach out, uh, maybe they can reach out to a counselor, a substance abuse counselor. Um, they can talk about like a, an intervention plan. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is very deep into their addiction, they might not hear the family member so yeah. much. Mm-hmm. So it might be better to have an outside resource to help that. Or if it's, um, you know, a new addiction and they're still um, able to be reached emotionally, then absolutely talking to them. I believe in um, opening, open and honesty and just being um, very transparent. Um, but we are always here. Um, I'm always here. So if anybody ever reaches out and wants help with the extension, I always open my phone number and my direct, my, my direct number to them and okay. so, or my email. So I'm always willing. Okay. Thank you. Well, and Tony, um, from the men's campus, when we spoke with him, he said the exact same thing, just open, you know, yeah. Reach out, um, to the extension and your team will get the right person to talk with the family member or the concerned, the loved one, the coworker and, um, walk, walk them through. So, um, as COVID has impacted uh, so many facets of our lives share. Um, we know that um, relapses are going up, which is a obviously a point of concern for everyone in the community, right? What can family members, again, people in, in general, but family members, coworkers, do to support someone who is in long-term recovery? Well, um, remind them that meetings are imperative. The 12 step meetings are imperative. Rather, they are online, in person, because there are clubhouses that are still open, that still you can still go to meetings. I mean, you know, there's just um, with wearing your mask and all, but not to stop, not to stop going to meetings. It's imperative to do so, to stay connected keep your network in place, continue basically doing every single thing that you were doing just with a tweak of maybe you're doing your meetings on Zoom or maybe you're like some of the the clients here, you know, we've had to adjust that. They don't get to go to off-property meetings the same way as they were before. So we have a lot of Zoom meetings going on and it really, it it can... if you knew what it was like before and to get to go to meetings and now you're all of a sudden going to Zoom meetings, it can be a little bit of a struggle. However, clients that are coming in or people that are in recovery that are brand new into it and Zoom is the norm, they're just kind of moving with it. But I would, back to your question, I'm sorry, I kind of drifted. Um, I would definitely say just to continue to do, encourage them to continue doing what they were doing before not to stop. Good, good advice. Probably for everyone, right? During absolutely, these uncertain yes. times. Yes, absolutely. Well, share. we're almost out of time. Anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? 
No, um, I just, um, if you, like I said earlier, if anyone needs help or help with addiction and homelessness, the extension, we are here. Just pick up the phone, stop by, whatever, come and make it happen. Good. We will do the, I know I will do the best I can to get the person in the right place. Absolutely. Good advice. Thank you, Cher. Thank you so much for uh, all that you do with the extension and for our community and for your past involvement and continued involvement with the collaborative. It has been neat to partner together over these last three years and um, walk this journey with you. So um, thank you again for appearing on Mind Your Mind. Thank you.